1: Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host Derek Oxley, and I'm here live on set today. This is not our set. This is this is actually a real set. This is not like my green screen. I'm here with Axel. He is an entrepreneur from Bridgeport. He's the owner and founder of Barber Geeks and Barber Pros. So give it up for this day. How you
0: doing, man? I'm pretty good, man. Just, uh, you know everyone okay, else on set, always working, mm-hmm. doing what I have to do to get the job done. That's it. So I, I became familiar with um, with you through
1: a barber in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, I think it's uh, Buddy Love. Sounds like sounds like a, a 70s porn star <laughs> or, or an r singer, yeah. Buddy Love. Or you a know, radio star. So and I was in there, I was getting the shape up, and I seen one of the aprons. And that's how I became
0: familiar with Barber gigs. So for those folks who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the so business? um So, well, I've been a barber for about 28 years now. 28 about, years? Yeah. You look um, about 28 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm uh, about to be 40 in the next week. Okay. And I started kind of here when I was about 11, 11 years old. Um, again, I mean, it's always been I uh, I didn't think I was going to be a barber growing up. Okay. but. You know, as time went by, I built up a lot of clientele, and then I started kind of here, and I just started making a schedule in my house as a young buck. You know, I skipped the uh, the hanging out with friends, know, I was always thinking about the long-term, the the success part of it, because, um, you know, when, when we're young, the first thing we think about is having fun, We don't think about money. Some people do, but they don't get it. So when I was young, I thought, you know what, let me start working, let me uh, establish myself. It was years later when I was, uh, maybe about 21, I think, 22, I got my barber's license, opened up my barber shop, and then- So, was, so what, you, you were cutting here without the license and people- were Well, because I was, I was young. You mm-hmm. had to graduate high school before you go get your barber's license. Gotcha. So I graduated high school, and then I went straight to my, um, to get my barber's license. Mm-hmm. Graduated, in about maybe two months after that, but in the meantime, when I was going to school, I was saving money because gotcha. um, I, I knew it was going to be expensive to open up a barbershop. So I saved a lot of money. By the time I opened up my barbershop, I had like barber chairs put away that I had for like two years, brand new chairs that I had, mm-hmm. stuff like that, I had everything put away. So I put it away, bought the, um, got the barbershop. And then like, uh, I would say about we're, we're, I probably had barber geeks for about six years. So about 12, about 12 years after I opened up the barbershop, I thought about um, making my own brand. Mm-hmm. It was actually a, a, a barber razor that I had in my hand. That So any barber would know that when you get a, a brand new barber razor, in, and when it's brand new, it's actually real stiff. Okay. To open up, it's real stiff. So I remember grabbing the, um, the razor and I would say, you know what, if I had a choice, if I could create my own, I would make this loose from start because okay. when, when they're brand new stiff. So what I used to do was I used to take the new ones and I used to break them so that it could be real loose. And it hit me, you know, wait a minute, like if I, if, if that's what I have to do, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna create a razor that I could put a screw through it so that I can adjust the tension okay. of, the, uh, of the handle. So I started working on the name. Um, I couldn't come up with a name and a logo. So I started I started thinking, what, what can I do that's different from other companies? So I remember saying, um, uh, what, what was the, uh, I, I said, you know what, if I do a logo with a razor, I think it's, it's tacky or it's been done before, I didn't okay. want to do that. Um, the shears, the clippers, I said I don't want to do that. And I couldn't come up with a logo. I remember going to sleep saying, you know, Lord please, Help me out. I've been trying to think for like weeks, trying to figure out a name. I couldn't come up with one. And um, it was uh, one night. I mean, when I tell you, I was working hard at night, thinking of names, trying to come up with mad stuff. I Mm couldn't come up with one. I wake up like at two in the morning, three in the morning. Barbara Like, if God said, you know what? Here, I'm going to give you this name. I woke up excited. And I wrote Barber Geeks, just in case I forget it. <laughs> I wrote it down, and I said, I, you put, it a pen by your <laughs> I put it on my phone, okay. I, you know, I did it on my phone, notes. And I put it away, and I, I mean, I was so excited, I went to sleep, woke up, went, went to the barbershop, I told my team, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna come up with a brand, it's called Barber Geeks. You know, they loved it, They were supporting, And I said, all right, so now I'm, I'm gonna work on the logo. So, I'm like, all right, so Barber Geeks, what, what can, Barber geeks logo look like mm-hmm. and um I, I, It was it was pretty hard to come up with it. I couldn't think of one and I said, you know what if I did a barber pole Because not a lot of uh, logos have the barber pole. Um, so I said I'm gonna do a barber pole and then what I did was uh, my real logo have a tie Okay, the original one. I did a bow and he didn't have hair. He didn't have glasses <laughs> it's More like a barber pole with a bow tie with a bow tie. Yeah, okay. so um, but because the barber repose so long, it felt like it was missing something. So I said, you know what, I'm going to change the bow tie to a tie. Okay. And I put the tie, and I'm like, all right, it looks cool. You, still, you didn't give him any hair, though. Not yet. <laughs> at this point, he didn't have it. So I'm like, all right, so what else can I do? Um, you know, and then the, the ball on top was plain. Okay. I said, all right, you know what, at the time, the comb-over was on stop for, you know, all these people. So I'm like, you know what, let me give it a comb-over. Ooh. So I put the comb over, and it was cool, but it was something was missing, and I'm like, nah, you know what, he's a geek, let me try the glasses. And I tried, you know, a few glasses, or, you know, round glasses, or, and I said, no, nah, no. Nah. I, I said, he needs to be a cool geek, you know, like a cool, okay. nice glasses. And I made him these big square glasses, mm-hmm. and he was complete. I was like, this is it. This is the logo, this is Barbie Geeks. I quickly ran to um, pattern my logo and my trademark, Mm -hmm. did it, and it took me, um, now, keep in mind, I was designing the logo, all this stuff, without having any company to work with to create all my stuff, all my designs that I had. I just needed my logo first and my company name so I can start. So, um, man, I must have spent uh, maybe three months of researching the computer. I'm talking about, I'm talking about at this point, you know, I'm boy, like in my thirties and um, I'm supposed to be going out clubbing. I'm supposed to be having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping all that. I'm Day and night, just uh, in the computer trying to figure out how, how, who will work with me on top of that. Cause I'm like, you know, first of all, I don't know the first step to doing that or who I call or whatever. So I ended up um, staying till like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning every night for like three months. And, okay, just uh, research. researching. Researching mm-hmm. and, and, and writing company names and factories and stuff like that. And um, a lot of these factories are across seas. Okay. You know, so therefore, for me to talk to them, I would have to be up late night, you know, because then they'd be closed the world. So, um, and I must have got rejected by maybe 20, 30 companies from the U.S., and nobody from the U.S. would work with me. Why, I, why is that? Because, I, I, in my opinion, I think. Um, in the u.s i think uh everything has to be expensive like everything has to be you know 100 pieces one hundred thousand pieces you have to order like they won't work with you in small boat like ten thousand pieces they'll want a lot they won't they don't feel like you're uh, a real businessman especially if you don't already been established as a business so they'll feel like no nah, you know you're wasting my time okay. i can gonna work with you you know so um and, and uh, a lot of companies that I reached out to in the U.S. were, um, I don't think they wanted to, um, like, share the wealth. Mm-hmm. It was more like, um, like, I'm an outsider. Okay. You know, we're not letting you in. Like, it, like it, you know, like Kanye West, when he was trying to go into, you know, into that fashion world. Nine and courtier And you know, they didn't uh-huh. want to let him in. It felt like that, you know what I'm saying? But, so, I, I reached out to... Um, um, companies across seas. I wrote their name, their company um, uh, email, and stuff like that. And I almost gave up. I almost gave up. Mm-hmm. Cause it, mind you, I was like three months into it, and day and night, day and night, day and night, and everybody's been rejecting me. And I was a real skeptic, skeptical about overseas because I didn't know what they would do to me, like keep my money, me for money, whatever. So um, I reached out to a few of them, but the way it works with Across seas, is that you write to them today, you get an answer tomorrow. Okay, you're not gonna get it right away. You know, in the US, I write to somebody, my 10 minutes later, I might get an answer. But so I had to go to sleep, wait, hope that they reply, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, so now reply back. But it took too long, so I started thinking, uh, How can I get in touch with these people without having to email them? Because that's too much work. So, you know, WhatsApp, okay, uh, Skype, you know, and I was telling them, all that. and I didn't never want to say. If I was sleeping or not, because I didn't want them to not write to me. So I'm like, I'm always up. Like, just, just, <laughs> I'm always writing. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't got time to wait. So, yeah. um, which one person wrote back to me on some? I'll work with you. Okay. Tell me what you have. Show me what you got, and we'll create it. So I started designing all my stuff. I, I designed a razor first. It was a simple one. I didn't think that I was able to design, like really open my mind and, and put all my thoughts in there create I didn't think like that. I thought that maybe I gotta give them something simple because if I scare them away with all these crazy designs, they're gonna say, No, nah, you know, that's too much for me. Okay. <clears throat> so um so I did something really simple and I gave it to them and at first, I thought I got beat. It took like uh, like two months, <laughs> so I paid them. You know, I paid them. Like I must have got like uh, uh like five thousand pieces of of the razor. Okay. So, and um and I thought I got beat because I mean, like I said, they, and then I'm, I don't want to sound like, uh, especially after I pay, I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm scared they might beat me for my money, so I won't write to them. I'm like I wait to them for them to write to me, mm-hmm. and um. I waited probably like a month before I wrote. Hey, what's okay. so, up? You know, how's the design going? How's the razor going? And they told me, um, uh, it's coming along, it's looking nice. I said, uh, can I send you send me pictures. picture so mm-hmm. Like, let me see it, you know? Which they did, they showed me a picture. Oh, okay, all right. So then finally, after like another month, it, it arrived and I was, I was happy. I was like, oh, you know, it's my first razor. I was happy mm-hmm. with it. And um, it was by accident that I told them my new design, because my real design had the the, the screw for the tension, but the first one didn't. The first design for the razor didn't, because I was afraid that they'd be like, "Oh, it's too much work. I don't want to deal with it." So I just gave him something simple. So after they gave me that, I said, "I said, um, I told him, I said, you know what? I wanted, I really wanted to put a screw on the on the razor." And he said, "Oh, why didn't tell us that? We mm-hmm. could have done that." I said, "Really?" I said, "Well, I have a lot of designs that I really want to show you. Like, I got a lot." Like. Mm-hmm. This ain't even it. Like this was just something simple. If, if you don't mind, I'll send you my designs. Like I designed all my razors. Everything I have, I designed them all, so so I can send you all my razors. So, not not to cut you not to cut you off.
1: You you have the shop, the barber shop, and then you you start with these designs. Like where where did this come from? Like where, where did this where did these
0: ideas come from? You just you just you in the shower and all of a sudden you get a design. Did you, could so. So what happened is, I've been a barber for a long time. Mm-hmm. I never seen anything in quality, I think okay. in quantity. You get all these cheap razors. Nobody, no company, no Andy's Wall, any other company designed a good razor for barbers to use. Uh, what was the shave factory have like all these stuff that is beautiful stuff that barbers don't use. Okay. We don't use that. The shave factory. I don't know if y'all heard about yeah. it, but, um, so I'm thinking. If, if I you know I'm a barber, but if I was a company, mm-hmm. I know what I want as a barber because these companies are not barbers doing the company. These people are people with money who give us stuff we need, not stuff we want. Okay. So when I design, I know what we want. You know so from working, working, hands yeah. on. Okay. From having, from wanting to have like a beautiful piece of art that we work with. So I started designing my stuff. Uh, like I told you before, I, I used to draw when I was young. You know, I like the design, especially with with house stuff and everything. Everything with art, I had, I loved it. Okay. So, with the razor, when I started designing my razor, it was more like, um, okay, so I know what I would want. I know what people want uh, as far as barbers, and I started design. I made like thirty designs of uh, uh, all razors. I made them all different for every every nationality. It was out there. You know what I'm saying? So. When I when I designed them, I, I showed it to him and I said, "Listen, um, can you make this happen? But this time, I wanna I wanna bring it up. I wanna have a better um, packaging, uh, better quality razor, whatever it is. I'll pay for everything. Mm-hmm. But can it be done?" And he said, "Yeah, we can do it." I said, "All right." So um, so then let, let's go you know ahead first. Let's, I'm, I'm gonna go invest a lot. So I told him uh, um, I had some money put away. Um, And I know people want to know, like, as far as how much you invest and stuff like that. My first year when I invested into Barger Geeks, I want to say it was close to Mm -hmm. $100,000. And it wasn't in one shot. It was more like, um, once the door opened up for, um, for the designs and all the stuff that I could get, it was more like, okay, I trust you because you sent me my first package and I got it. And it was what I designed. Okay. So, okay, so now, I'm going to trust you because that's what I've been prepping up all this time for. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit there and save money. And then when the time comes, I'm going to back out. Or I'm going to go 90%. I'm going to go 100% because if I fail, I'd rather say I failed going 100%. <laughs> I don't want to fail going, oh, what, what if... tick yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go 90% and be like, then if I would have won 100%, what could have happened? <clears throat> so, so I remember... um I remember this time it was a little scary. So I started doing um, 30 different design razors. I did the shears. I did like, um, maybe like five different shears. I started doing, um, uh, as far, well, as far as with that company, everything was metal with that company. I started getting a hang of it. I started writing to other companies, and saying, you know, what if I designed this? Would you be able to make this for me? Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, yeah we could so I to the Chinese the Chinese people you know what I'm saying because they, they 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 work they're workaholics you know what I'm saying and yeah. they don't care what it is bring the money they take it you know what I'm saying yeah. so started working with them and um, I started designing different stuff and and with them with with Chinese people uh, or companies that you deal with in China they're more like um they're more like fast service in the sense of like, okay, okay, give me the, give me the design. And you're like, wait, cause there's detail. I gotta tell you the detail first. And they're like, okay, okay, tell me the detail. Okay, all right, that's fine, okay. And it's like, no, no, wait, wait, cause you're scaring me. Cause mm-hmm. you're gonna give me what I don't want. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it took me a minute to find one company that I can deal with and really listen to me mm-hmm. so that I can design other stuff that started coming to Barbecue got happy because uh, I met the right people it was um, it was a company actually that because you know people people's biggest fear when it comes to um, success what stops people from accomplishing their goals is the fear of losing everything they got because that's the problem. if you work 10 years and you had a hundred thousand put away to invest on in yourself, that 100,000 can go real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody could beat you for it, and you just work 10 years to save that, and somebody could come in to say, you know what, you're beat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that, that's why I believe people don't really become successful at certain things, because the, the fear of losing what they what they worked hard for. Not, were, you, were your parents entrepreneurs? No, um, they were hard workers. Okay. So, my father, I never met him. He, I heard he was um, a lawyer. I don't know anything about him. Like, all I, well, I know his name, you know what I'm saying? But he was a lawyer and I heard my, my grandfather, his father owned a um, uh, 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 car lot. That's all I know about them. Like, that's almost everything I know about them. My mother worked really hard. What my mother showed me was the fact that you don't need money to be happy in life. Mm-hmm. So the joy of, okay, doing everything with, with a passion, that's what I learned from my mother because you can sit there and say, you know what? Um, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. This is what I'm gonna do, period. But if you're not gonna be happy doing it, then it's just a miserable life that you're gonna have. Or you can enjoy life. And you know, like I told, I told a friend this one time that um, he, uh, we were talking about kids, you know, back in the days, our parents used to have, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15 kids. Now you have two, and if you have three, like that's a lot, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but what I learned from watching people, because I, I have two kids on my own and a stepchild, so three total, but um, when you see somebody walking that doesn't have no money, like like the majority of people have a car, but some people you'll see them all be three, four kids, and you're walking to wherever they have to go, mm-hmm. but they're happy. Yeah. And, and that's why people don't understand it's like, if, if they're not struggling, because it's not about money, if they're not struggling, so why are they happy? Like if they don't have a car, if they don't have their own house, why are they so happy? Yeah, and, and it's not the money. It's about it's a, it's a state, state of, of mind yeah. that you have to get in.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a um, I can live out long And so from my from where I, where I sit while I'm recording or working on the computer, sometimes I see a young lady who works at the, the, the Dunkin Donuts, and she walks. Mm-hmm. You know, so I see her walking to work, and I see her walking from work, you know? And she's never, it's never like, you know, you, you, you're interacting with someone in retail, you know, it's like attitude. Yeah, she's yeah. always pleasant. Yeah. It's not like, you could tell, like, there is, there is something that's driving her, mm-hmm. you know, where she's focused, like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is this is what I'm doing right now. This is temporary. I have something else in mind. I don't know what yeah. that something else is in mind. And I had got I had you know I, I was at got word that um, someone had gotten hit in the mall for you know a passenger had gotten some, you know just a, a pedestrian was yeah, walking and had gotten hit. And I was like yo, I wonder if this was her. So I went and I went back to the D and D. It was like did she get hit? Like no, she's good. Like okay, okay. cool. Like I, I you know you have conversations. I go and I get my. My my coffee, mm-hmm. my bagel, whatever. And I keep it moving. But just to hear, or you, you're seeing someone that 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 has this like peace and just knowing that you know it's not it's not the material thing that's keeping them happy. It's something else that's that's with them. Um, so in seeing the product um, at the shop, I said there was something about the detail that was in it. It was that that caught my attention. It was like this is not. This is not. This is not like some mass-produced, just something somebody got off. His, this is like some quality. It was, you know, it's stitching inside. Well, you know do what it is because yeah, you created it. But you see it, and you, and that's what attracted me to, to the brand. So when I when I, um, when I stopped into, um, to Bridgeport and, and actually seeing the shop, it's like, yo, this is, this is official. This yeah. is, and, and you're talking about something. You're talking about you were doing it from from '11. You know, so to just to be able to have that 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 vision and that mindset that says, you know what, there's a young kid somewhere in school. Um, he might not want to go to to college. You know, that yeah. might not be his dream. He might not want to play ball. He might not want to be a yeah. rapper. But he yeah. might want to be an entrepreneur. And so, how can, you know, it's hearing your story and being able to share your story with with, with someone else, I think would be would inspire them to. Um, that's incredible like I'm just drawing this thing out I have this thing in my mind and take it from my mind and Mm -hmm. put it on paper and doing the research and then all of a sudden it comes to fruition you know it doesn't happen overnight so like I think we we missed some like steps in between it because you have the barbershop so you're growing the barbershop like how are you how are you hiring and and recruiting and and building a team those are those
0: things so in the barbershop when you go to um opening a barbershop, then you, you have to worry about building the right team. Not only, is it, again, it goes back to um, not putting money first. In my opinion, you put passion first, and passion will bring you money. You can't get, with money, you can't build passion. But with passion, you can get money. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what people misconstrue the whole thing. If you, if you sit there and, and you go to work because you're thinking, oh, how much money am I gonna make today? Or how many people I'm gonna make happy today? You know what I'm saying? Because then people that you make happy is gonna multiply and keep getting more people, and, and mm-hmm. you grow. Know. <clears throat> so, so where did you get that understanding from? Is that just something that you experienced? Experience, experience. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I've, I've experienced everything from gaining and losing friends over money, and, and I would never put money in front of anyone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I mean, I learned now, older, that um, just take care of business. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't ever. Um, Again, it goes back to the money thing. Don't ever put someone in front of of your, um, cl- your clientele is your family. So your clientele, every, everybody that comes to your house to support you or your business to support you, don't cheat them, don't cheat on them. Don't put somebody because he's a friend in front of them. Treat them all the same. Mm-hmm. They'll appreciate that. And they will always be faithful and loyal. So if they're always loyal, you always have a business. And a lot of people lose clients because they put money first. Oh, this is my boy. He's going to give me $10 more. You know, so I'm going to put him in front of this guy. He's going come in every week faithfully yeah. with his kids. Mm-hmm. And this dude just came out of jail. Care less. He's trying to get a free cut by you. We're trying to look out for him. So, yeah, I got you. Yo, wait a minute. Yo, least I'm going to do him first. Directly, you just broke the bond, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to leave. That's it. They're going to look at somebody else because you just played them. Betrayed them. Yeah. They didn't betray you. They, they probably drive past 20 barbershops before they get to you, and here you go, you train them. So, I, I'm always about, um, that's how I lose, uh, I've lost friends like that, thinking they had the upper hand. Oh, that's my boy. with actually, let me, let me get a haircut in front? No. Wait, sit and wait like them. You know what I'm saying? They, they sit and wait with no problem. Why you can't do it? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I'm real big on that. I'm real big on, on the rules. Don't break the rules. And, and um, like your business, like your barbershop, I, I mean, I treat the barbershop like it's a human being. Like I always be like, I always tell my team, like don't disrespect the barbershop. And by that, I mean like don't break the rules. You know what I'm saying? If if you can help clean the barbershop, clean, I have somebody I can so they don't do it, but I say always put your hand in if you can. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to give back to the, to the shop that's been keeping you and your family Ian, yeah. you in. Know yeah, I'm saying paying the rent, paying all the bills. Don't do that. Don't disrespect the barbers. I'm big on that. I look at things a little different, but maybe weird. But um, now I don't think it's weird. I don't, I don't think it's weird at all. And it's um
1: it's a lot of stuff that some people they go and they they'll, they'll pick up a book and it's written inside of the book and they figure, okay, you know th- these these principles, mm-hmm. management principles, and there's just some things that that you just pick up instinctually. It's like it, you just played me. I'm sitting here all this time. I've been coming to you Faith, like you said, and now this guy is getting in front of me. How's that? And if you, mm-hmm. you have, you set out rules. I used to work uh, with this, like, uh, right my modern day, Joe Clark, this guy named Mr. Frank Mickens in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He was like, Derek, but it's like big on hats, like the 50 star, you know. The, and he's like, no hats. And I tell the teachers, no hats. So I'm the principal, he called me from over the, over, you know, I just, I, was, I just got out of high school. Mm-hmm. This is my job, he had got me a job, he had working in the special department. And, you know, he called me over this loud speaking, Mr. Oxley, now, I, I just graduated, I'm, I'm Mr. Oxley now. Yeah. Mr. Oxley, come downstairs, I come downstairs, like, call me, so we walked around the school. And he had these rules that he put out. And he said, you know, the, the worst thing you could do is, is to establish a rule and then don't enforce it because then you just lose credibility. And so it would always be like these lessons like on the the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you talk about losing business, how has has the coronavirus impacted? um,
0: Actually, um, believe it or not, on a weird way, it's helped the business.
1: Mm.
0: Real weird, man. Um, So the barbers in in the barber world, we don't get too much respect. We're we're gaining it now because we demand it. But before, it's like, I remember going to high school, me, when I was back in high school, and I remember about to graduate and the teacher um, said, what do you think about doing after you graduate? And I said, I'm opening my own barbershop, you know, whatever. And she kind of like smirked, like, like in other words, that's like, really, like, you're gonna do that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, but if I can see her today, I can say, in my first year, I made more money than you. You know, she was my English teacher, Mm -hmm. I think she was there for like 40 years. And it was like, my hard work got me to build my clientele so big that I make way more money than you and you laughed at me. Your smile Mm -hmm. still is in my head as you smirk. Every time I go cut somebody here, I think about you because you you smirked on like, I can't build my establishment, which I did. after after i opened up my barbershop i think it was eight months after i opened up my barbershop i bought my first house mm-hmm. how much money i was making cutting here because i was working hard like i don't i don't slack i don't i don't smoke i don't drink i don't take breaks i, I sit there and i hustle it's been spinning me since i was 11. i've always worked so when i went to work the fear of losing what i worked hard for stayed there with me so i would wake up even though i had the hours from 10 to like 7. i would still go to work at nine and leave like at eight you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then I was saved. Forget about going out. Forget about spending money, I was saved. And then uh, my best friend, well, he went with me to a barber school and I had told him when I was gonna open up the barber shop, I said, like, you know, hopefully you join the team, let's get this money. He did, he introduced me to a braider, a female braider who is, is to this day, 18 years later still with me, mm-hmm. us three, we're still together since day one. And we, we've been uh, in inseparable, they're like my brother and sisters. and um, And then uh, I have, you know, other team members, but but from day one it's just working, working, working. I don't slack. I don't I don't let money make me. You know what I'm saying? We make money, it don't make me. So Mm -hmm. I just sit there and I work, work, work. And that's important because like I've had barbers who I had to fire because they they'll go to the barbershop and the minute they make money the next day they take it off. I don't get it. if you're making money, don't take it off. <laughs> Make money, save it. Keep going until it yeah. slows down. Yeah, Maybe yeah. if it slows down a lot, then you take your day off real quick mm-hmm. so you can relax, get your mind, refresh your mind, and then come back to work. Yeah, come back. Don't yeah. wait to the peak to take the day off, you yeah. dumbass. That's,
1: that's, that's the worst. That's the worst time. Yeah. Like I, used to, um, I haven't been in a barber for a while. Like I, I grew up in Brooklyn Bed-Stuy. Mr. Jones used to cut my hair. Uh, the barbershop was right across the street from 35 park and he had like this little list you know so he had like four barbers in there. one of them used to just talk a lot everybody used to wait for mr jones mr jones was this older older gentleman he didn't do a whole lot of he didn't do a whole lot of talking at all you know he just cut he could cut and so everybody would wait for him Mm -hmm. you sign in i used to be able to go to the city come back and still wait for my name or go play ball in Uh the park and then come back and he'd be ready you know but he, he had this, this sort of like routine you know just he was always there he's gonna open up on time and that, that there was this culture I guess inside of the barbershop you couldn't curse him at the end of the day you know he wasn't having all of, it was just a different shop there so the discipline was there the discipline was there you know what I mean um, so when I, when I think about barbers now like so after I moved like I got married moved to, uh, to Long Island so I was making the trip back and forth to Brooklyn became a little hard, and then he then he moved on. I was like, "Well, Jones ain't here, so I gotta buy me a a Clippers and I'll just yeah, yeah. I'll just you know do the best, just cut it all off, yeah. and you can't yeah. go wrong there, yeah. you know. But um, then I started to to, to have like an appreciation for for barbers, mm-hmm. you know, um, even even before then, just just understanding that it was a business, and then you start seeing like some shows or whatever, and people start catching up, and I'm like, okay, there's there's something. This is an old profession. This is not something that's just like no, yeah. you know, you know just, yeah. Yeah. just started. People have been cutting hair for years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and things that have not not like exports.
0: Yeah, and they're big.
1: Shows and I'm
0: like, yo, this is this is really this is this is incredible, man. Yeah, As a matter you know? of fact, uh shout out to my boy Jay Made this man. That dude, he's uh he's from uh East Haven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. East Haven. He has a barbershop in West Haven. Anyway, so he throws the biggest barber expo in Connecticut. He has people that fly from Australia, Italy, uh, everywhere, Hawaii, yeah, it's insane. China, everything. It's insane. They come to Connecticut to support the show. Yeah, in Hartford. Yeah, Hartford, yeah, yeah. dog, man. So he does a lot. He put in a lot of work, you know. And um but that's the thing, though. Now that's what I mean about that. Now, the, in the barber world, now we we we're so high end now. The, going back to the COVID nineteen. So the way it helped out was that because the barbers were not looked at as a good profession that makes money, a lot of people would still complain about the prices on cuts, even when they were affordable. Mm -hmm. And it's like barber shops were afraid to go up on price because the first thing people do is say, then I'm gonna go somewhere else cheaper. But that's not cool because well you want us to be stuck on nineteen ninety with the prices? Yeah but you are you still getting paid four fifty at yeah. work? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You and you getting paid twenty dollars an hour, so we we supposed to stay stuck on that. So um what the COVID nineteen did for us was that people appreciated barbers because you couldn't get a haircut on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now you're like, oh I need to cut, man, like this is <laughs> this important protest protesting out of, front of the store there they, won't, they came up with their rifles because they were <laughs> yeah. carrying in Connecticut to, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that so when we came back we were able to raise the price up a little bit but not just us, but like the whole water world, you know what I'm saying? So if they took advantage of it, and then they started with the, we've been making appointments. Like my barber shop, we've been making appointments for like seven, eight years now. Okay. And we have- Are uh, trying to go online or are on? so, so, through a business eye, you don't want to have anything that the customer can see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think no, that's an error. I, don't, I don't, Okay, so I don't this is what happens. I said, uh-huh, but I know what you mean, right? Okay, so, so <laughs> So this is what happens, if I had, uh, there's apps out there, mm-hmm. and you can make an app, uh, 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 yeah, um, and then so you can make an appointment with your barber if they're using that same app. The problem is that we charge for appointment, a lot of barbers don't. It doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't charge for an appointment, because you're gonna, this person is gonna skip the line by making an appointment, so this should be uh, a reward for you. Mm-hmm for them getting a quick cut. So why are you not charging them? Like, But then this person has to wait. They're all paying the same price. So so what's the difference? Unless they are paying more, right? So yeah. we've been making appointments. appointment. What I mean by that is that when when they opened the barbershops up, they said, oh, it has to be by appointments only. right? But we making appointments, we've been making them. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna start doing by appointments now because of the COVID-19, and you're still charging let's say $30 for an appointment and the next client is gonna pay you $30, you never grew bigger as far as the businessman, the company, whatever. You're still making the same money even though the opportunity was there mm-hmm. for you to bring it up because okay. now they need you, you know what I'm saying? Before we needed them because we're in there demanding, hey, we, we could cut, come see us. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, you know we can cut and you need us now. So here we go. Now this is the business part. We're gonna go up a little bit more because we just took a three month loss on income. So if you, we're gonna give you more, we're gonna give you, you know, because they, they want you to have hand sanitizer, mask, gloves, you know, disinfectant. It, it, all this time wasted that you're not gonna make money on. So we, ha- we have to make up on the difference. Now, because I own a barber supply store, everybody in their mother bought Clippers. So everybody in their mother's a barber now. Okay. You know at home whatever so that means when I seen that that meant that a lot of people a lot of barbershops are going to lose clients See so therefore you're going to be short on money as a barber you're going to be mm-hmm. Short. So now what's the next plan? What are you going to do to get that money back if you raise the price up by you know 20% 25% maybe five dollars more by do um, Let's say you do six people you did one free mm-hmm. Right? So you're getting the money because you charge charging it more times, you know, whatever amount of heads you can do in a day, times six days a week, you'll bring the money up, you know, three, four hundred dollars more. Okay. So therefore, the people that you lost, you made it back, but you're not working as hard. So that would be the strategy to make it more money because as a barber, who pays you? Like the boss, I'm a boss of my shop but I don't pay them. I give them a percentage mm-hmm. of what they make. So no barbershop owner says, you know, I'm gonna pay you $15 or whatever, the, you know. And even, even I think, uh, um, what's that, um, them, like cheap barbers, uh, hair, uh, family hair no uh, uh, um, super cuts. Super cuts. I think you get paid by percentage mm-hmm. or, or paycheck or whatever. But you get paid, if, if it's by percentage, you get paid 50%. And if you get a paycheck, I think they give you like, like, I don't know, $20, let's say $20. Now, when you do your numbers right, if you do at least two people, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's that's minimal, right? 20, let's say you did two people, and you charge in $30 That So you did $60 in an hour, right? Okay. So you're getting paid $20 at haircutters or whatever. Um, or you're getting paid 50%, so you're getting paid for one. You did two people, you got paid for one. So as a barbershop owner, you have to think about how can I make my my barber's happy because they gotta make money. Yeah. So the best way it's either you gonna charge them thirty percent of what the income bring, or you can charge it by the chair. The problem with the chair is that when you when you charge somebody uh, like rent money, that means that they can do whatever they want, or they do whatever they want mm-hmm. because all they care about is that you get your share of the money. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. So I'm gonna come late. I'm gonna skip wherever I want in front. And guess who's gonna get the bad reputation? The shop. The shop. <laughs> They're not gonna say, you know, Carlos Cookie yeah. is a bad barber. They're yeah. gonna say, you know, the pros actually barbershop mm-hmm. suck. You know what I'm saying? So uh, so you have to really balance everything out to make sure that. Because I mean, at the same time, every barber has, you, you're dealing with clientele. Now, clientele, if you have a good clientele, you're dealing with so many different personalities. Then you have the bar, the barbers you work, uh, mm-hmm. work for. You. We're talking about you have to have you have to be like a, a priest, you know what I'm saying, and work with so many different people. You got to be a, a, a shrink, a priest, a friend, yeah. a lover. Yeah. You know it's what I'm just like a saying.
1: bartender without the drinks, right? Like, because you don't you don't want yeah. to drunk. Yeah. Yeah. and Then you got to bring the stress with your own, you home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's horrible, man. So I, I don't know how you um. Do it at, at, at is a is a um. Pittsburgh is a, is a, is, a, is a rough community, man. It's, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough market right there on that strip. I used to um, get you know stopping sometimes get lunch at the West Indian place that's right up the block. Um, well, it's not too far for me.
0: Yeah, I know it's like four blocks away. Yeah, uh, I forgot the name of it. Yeah, it's on the little strip. Little so strip. Away, yeah, yeah. Going going up that that block. I'm like even
1: even just driving around sometimes. Like I didn't. I grew up in Brooklyn. My sister lives in um, in Bridgeport, mm-hmm. but driving around, I'm like hey, Bridgeport is is is. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of. I, know, yeah, I remember tough. getting off the train, man, and walking from from the train station to the house. It looked like a ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the Family Guy was like, "Yo, <laughs> where am I at? This looks yeah. like Bridgeport, Connecticut." Yeah. Like, yo, know, they making jokes about Bridgeport, yeah. and it was like they they, they topped it off as like one of the worst communities in in Connecticut, which I thought was like weird, man. Um, mm-hmm. It was downtown, and they had like a, um, camped out. Like in between City
0: Hall and the police station. Yeah, yeah. Justice for Jason. I'm like, yo, this is really Jason. Uh, uh, that's my friend's father. Uh, my friend's son, Jason. Mm-hmm. His father is the one that did my tents. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a tattoo artist. It's it's just a
1: small, small world, man. But just just seeing it. So when I when I drove by and I seen the the, the protesters, but I think he got killed like three years ago, and just hearing the support that they're getting from. Um, from the community, the organizers, this. this is these aren't old people, you know. What mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm inspired when I, when I see that, that. That you know, people say, Oh, millennials, millennials are you know lazy, they don't want to do anything, but they, they organized actively. They started to have like yeah. you know 10 tents out there now. They got like something like 40 tents, yeah. you know. The, the bill bondsmen put the refrigerator mm-hmm. out back, yeah. They had this, um. This Home Depot sink that they made, you know, sort of like pumping and the water comes out. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, I was, oh I had stopped by. I seen it first and I, you know, I was on my way en route to someplace else. So I had to swing back by and then just take a look at it, just kind of take it all in. But it is It is interesting to see. And um, I wanted to, uh, and I appreciate you taking yeah, the time to, to, to share your story because I think it's yeah. important for. Uh, people just see different options man you know to even consider this might be this might be something that i might want to uh, pursue you know i didn't know that it was a bill you know i come uh you know you don't see the possibility you just see i'm just going in and, so, and yeah. getting a haircut and not knowing you know this this is a business this is a brand you, and to see what you built it's inspiring it's yeah. inspiring yeah. and i appreciate it yeah, thank you. Thank you